the, the closer you get to Christ, the more you realize how faulty we are as human beings. We need unity in this place because that is what God is calling us to, to a point of unity. What we're supposed to take from this is we no longer look at things as ours, okay? Because you're linked or you're bound to Christ. Uh, but instead, everything that we have belongs to Christ. I pray that, you know, you say the same prayer, that in everything that you do, it's God that's glorified and not yourself. We end up glorifying the messenger instead of glorifying the message that they carry. Don't let your pride or ego get in the way of that blessing almost. Let me not keep asking, because there ain't nothing I could think of better than what God is thinking of for me at this moment. Ira, have you ever played a murder mystery game? Oh, have I, I? I think so. Oh, you, you put me onto a murder, oh, murder mystery I? game. Did I? I don't know if it's murder mafia. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we had games nights. stuff. Exactly. And that was very exciting, mm -hmm. as you know. What was more exciting about it? What did you like? I, you know what? I think it was, well, see, you man, you lot, you lot don't rate me because everyone just thinks I'm <laughs> sneaky, innit? Like immediately everyone thought I was guilty. I was just very excited. <laughs> Obviously, when you're playing a murder mystery game, I think mm -hmm. you're supposed to have a poker face. Yeah. But I did not. I was excited, didn't I? I was like, oh, who did it? Like, who did it? <laughs> who and everyone, it? everyone thought me doing that, that energy was, oh, she's guilty. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, it's because it was your first time, so you didn't realize. Um, but I think when you're playing a murder mystery as well, another thing that you're excited about is finding out, like, the secret, like, who's, yeah, like, who's who actually. Is it? Exactly. And so in this week's topic, it's not really about murder, but our topic <laughs> or the title is The Mystery of the Gospel. Ooh. Ooh. So that's what we're going to delve into today, finding out what this mystery is, learning about it, and hopefully being able to share with others what this mystery of the gospel is. Okay, so I'll take us into prayer as we kickstart this episode. My prayer is actually going to be a scripture. And it's going to be very fitting because my scripture is Ephesians 3, verse 20 to 21, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Welcome everybody to Virtuous. I am Michelle. And I'm Ira. And thank you once again for joining us. Now we're going to, as usual, go straight into it. And we'll start off with Sunday. Now Sunday's topic is Paul, imprisoned apostle to the Gentiles. Now we're focusing on Ephesians 3 in this lesson study. And when you read from verse 1, Paul says something that when I read it, I was like, what is going on here? Like, say what you're saying, Paul. He says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ. So I was like, what? what What's do that you, mean? Yeah, like, why are yeah, you I actually, of Christ? Yeah. Yeah. To the point that I had to call my dad, like, dad, what's going on here? But it was really good that I was able to reach out to dad and he was kind of, well, he did give me an explanation of that. And I also did a bit of Google because you know me. You will love it. So, yeah. so, dad, so dad said, well, it, it's literal because at the time that Paul is writing this letter, as we know, he is in prison, but he's in prison by the, he's in prison by the Romans, right? Yeah. So he means like he's telling people that even though I'm in prison by Rome or the Romans, I'm actually a prisoner of Christ. Like I'm, I don't belong to the Romans. I belong to Christ. And so when I did a bit of 
uh, googling, it says um, the word prisoner or desmios hmm, describes a person who is bound, linked to, or captive of someone else. Okay, so here Paul was not. He's saying he's not bound by Nero or the, you know the Roman emperor or the Romans, he was indeed bound to the Lord. So his identity and his character is was linked with Christ. So that's why he starts there, okay? And I love that because I feel like even in his suffering, he's already giving hope to people that, listen, I know this is what you think is going on, but actually this is what's really going on. I love that. Um, so in essence... What we're supposed to take from this is we no longer look at things as ours, okay? Because mm. you're linked or you're bound to Christ. Uh, but instead, everything that we have belongs to Christ. Um, and I think this is really important because when you end up having a possession or when you think this is mine, like this is my little sister or whatever, yeah. when it's taken away from you, you sometimes can go into um, a self love self-centeredness no, self-centeredness but also you 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 stray away from god because mm. you're like why have you taken this away from me self-sufficiency what? self-sufficiency yeah because you're like this is my possession why have you taken away from me but when you realize that actually everything on this earth everything that i have is christ um if it's taken away you're not linked to that thing you're instead linked to christ oh yeah and christ will never take himself away from you so that's what i liked about this also now going into it Paul emphasizes that he is a prisoner of Christ because at the moment as I said he's actually imprisoned um, by the Romans and the reason why he's saying this is he actually doesn't want the people to lose heart uh, because of what he is suffering okay so in verse 13 he says therefore I ask you that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is your glory so in essence he's reframing his experience so that even when he's going through these tribulations, uh, God or Jesus Christ is at the forefront of what he's going through. Um, and I think this is something that we as Christians can adopt as well. Um, I think whenever I talk to you, okay, when I talk to you, Ira, and you're going through it and, you know, we share, we always talk about these things and we're able to encourage each other or, you know, even when you're saying, you know, I've had a tough week, but I prayed about it. I refocused. Um, I had to take myself into a place where I dedicated uh, intimacy with Christ. It makes it gives me encouragement as well because I'm like, you know, Michelle, you're not the only person who's going through stuff. Here is Ira who's going through the same thing and she's able to refocus her mind. And it's just nice, isn't it, to be mm. able to share those kind of experiences with people. And I think that's exactly what Paul is doing. I love that at the end of this um, Bible study, it says, how can we learn to trust God and his ways? amid what can be very trying circumstances. And I I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record a little bit, but the more I say it, the more I believe it, that I'm here for a mission and a purpose. And I feel like that's exactly how Paul was. Now, I'm not saying I'm on Paul's level yet, so God, mm -hmm. please don't, don't throw big challenges at me yet. Okay, baby no steps. Challenges. No, no challenges at the moment, baby steps. But I aspire to reach that level that even when things on earth happen that I feel are not favorable or that, you know, are, are just tough, 
I don't lose hope and I don't end up cursing God. So basically, I don't want to believe in God because I feel like he's favoring me. Mm. I want to believe in him in spite or despite, in, in spite or despite. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I want to trust God regardless no what. of what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, remember when we first, well, when we first opened up the book of Ephesians and I said, nah, Paul is a real one. Mm. And I aspire to get to that level because... Bruv, do you know any income? I'm, um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of them people, yeah, where any small inconvenience, yeah, you're like, why is this happening toys to me? Toys at the pram, mate. Toys yeah, at toys pram. at the pram. Mm. And my guy was in prison and he was just like a real one, just staying solid for God. Mm. And I'm trying to get to that place because I'm not gonna lie, at this moment in time, any inconvenience. If I have a bad day at work, I'm like, right, I'm quitting. I'm quitting right now, Lord. I don't need this. Yeah, what? Lord, I, I, I do not need this challenge in my life. Why can't life be sweet, soft mm. and easy kind of thing? Mm. And I need to just get to the point where any calamity, and I'm not, oh, no, th- let this not be. I'm not inviting any calamity my way. I love but- the way that we're doing these, <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> disclaimers yeah. like i know jesus you're listening but uh yeah no but I, he is a real one mm. and um i'll take us into monday's lesson and monday is entitled the long hidden mystery of the gospel mm. long hidden now um while i was doing my research i came across to this very interesting study that i thought i'd share with you which was basically in 2015 right mm-hmm. There was a study done by Cambridge and ZSL. You know ZSL? No. Zoo, zoo, like London oh, Zoo. Oh, ZSL, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. I was yeah. thinking of like something official. I don't yeah. know why. Zoo Society of London. Yeah. Um, And basically they started following these... It's because you said ZSL. No one, it's no one says Z. ZSL. Yeah. It's ZSL. Oh, sorry. Girl, you know this ain't my first... <laughs> British ain't my first language. Okay, thanks. <laughs> British, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... um. So they started following around these baboons, a special baboon called a chakma, chakma mm. baboons, right? Mm-hmm. And these researchers basically followed two, they called them troops, but essentially they're families, two, two groups of baboons, okay, right? Cool. Between 20, 2009 to 2014. That's a long wow. time. To just be following yeah. baboons. <laughs> to be studying up baboons for. Anyway, what they found was while they were studying these baboons is that Different baboons were more inclined to hang out with baboons of similar traits to them. Interesting. So, for instance, same age, close in age Mm. or close in personality traits. So they found that the shyer baboons stuck together Mm. and the more kind of outgoing, what's the word I'm looking at, extroverted baboons Mm. hung out more. And, And they basically said that this is what you call homophily. Right, and what what is homophily, Michelle? Do you- homo is like? Mm-hmm. I I'll, I'll give you the next one to explain because okay. I can't do all the work. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Homophily is basically the love of the same, right? Okay, and and they basically said that these zoo researchers were like, well, they're kind of similar to to people Mm. because people we like to roll around in similar kind of cliques and like-minded people yeah and and i'd like to say that you know about my friends as an example you could choose your friends so 
I feel like if people look at, you know, when they say, take a look at the first five friends that you have and and I'll be able to tell you who you are. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of the same thing. And I found that so interesting. Mm. And why I found that kind of like similar to what Paul is trying to say here. So in the same way that those baboons were very clicky and like to hang out with the same people um, with the same kind of traits. Sorry, I keep saying people. I mean baboons, no, right? I know what you mean, girl. Yeah, but similar traits, mm. right? Here in this scripture that we're reading on Monday's lesson, Paul is basically saying to the people in Ephesus that, yo, I'm calling you lot to a place of unity. We all should be one, right? Mm. No cliques, no separation, no hanging out with only the people that you're used to hanging out with. Wow. But we're we're one body. We're we're united. We're supposed to be united in Christ, right? Mm. But at that time when Paul was saying that, it was very much I know it sounds crazy now, like why would that be why would that be wild for them man to hear it at that time? Mm. But at that time, they were so used to, I guess, hanging out Jews, Gentiles. Which that, makes that, sense. Yeah, right? Mm. That was so radically different what they were hearing from Paul. Huh? What are you on about? Hang mm. with the Jews, hang with the Gentiles. What's that about? Mm. That's not what they were very clicky people, I mm. guess you can you can imagine. And when you read back in the Old Testament as an example, there were wars and conflict because people remained divided and they liked, I don't want to say they liked that division, but that was the it's divi- what they stood for. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was what they were accustomed to. Mm. So it was really much a calling for right now. It's a hot topic. Diversity inclusion. Like this was this is a whole new department in companies now, diversity and inclusion. I feel like yeah. they weren't around 10 years ago. Why are you no. rolling your eyes? Huh? <laughs> Why are you rolling your eyes? No, I don't want to lose my job in it. <laughs> <laughs> is there di- is there diversity and inclusion in your like workplace? It's it's uh, no, because we're a small company. Okay. So, but it's yeah. it's bigger companies. I've seen it in like the big four, for example. Mm. But it's it's a hot topic now because it's not only Basically, Paul recognized it from the jump and he was like, no, nah, we need diversity and inclusion, everyone. We need unity mm. in this place because that is what God is calling us to, to a point of unity. But now I feel like we're, society is slowly learning that diversity and inclusion is so important. It's gone to the point where it's so important that they actually built departments specifically for that. I'm yet to find out what diversity and inclusion people, departments do, because I don't have that in my company as well. We're a small startup, so I don't know. But in any case, the point being is that in in this day for Monday, Paul is calling everyone to a place of unity. I love that. You know, it makes sense because obviously our the worldly explanation of diversity and inclusion, it makes sense because it's trying to bring people from different backgrounds, people who are different together um, and accepting their differences. Um, whereas I feel if we're going to say diversity and inclusion in the Bible, it's still the same thing as in people from different um, backgrounds, but the unity is, is uniting in Christ and being inclusive in terms of spreading his uh, the good news to everyone. That's what I see. I think like the worldly diversity inclusion would be different because... Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, because yeah, they'd be like... Anyway, let me not get cancelled. So let's get into <laughs> Tuesday. 
So Tuesday's uh, topic is the church revealer of God's wisdom, and it focuses on Ephesians 3, 7 through to 13. Now, before we get into this, I like to stu- that the study highlights the progression um, of who Paul or how Paul introduces himself, okay, especially in his letters. Uh, so just going in order, for example, in Galatians 1 verse 1, he introduces himself on by saying, I am the divinely appointed, okay? It's almost like he's, he's kind of putting himself out there, yeah? Like up there. Yeah. And in First Corinthians 15 to 9, he says um, he is the least of the apostles. I feel like that's such a, uh, it's such a drop from I'm divinely appointed to the least uh-huh. of the apostles, right? But then he goes on in Ephesians 3 verse 8, which is what we read in this lesson. He says, um, I am the very least of all the saints. <laughs> he just keeps wow, going. He keeps, he keeps, he keeps going. going down. And even in First uh, Timothy 1 Timothy 1.15, we're not reading this. He then goes and calls himself the chief of sinners. Like, Ooh. if there are sinners, I, I am the toppest of the toppest of the mm. sinners, right? And I like this because it shows me that and I think this is something as churches or as, as followers that we need to adopt, um, that the, the closer you get to Christ, the more you realize how faulty we are as human beings and how much I need to depend on him. I think this is what he highlights, especially when through his life, when he's showing this to us. And I especially like the quote that I read from Steps to Christ, which is also in the study Ooh, that look says... look at you whipping out Steps right? to Christ. Steps to Christ. Well, I didn't whip it up. It was... Anyway, let's go. It says, the closer you come to Jesus, the more faulty you will appear in your own eyes, for your vision will be clearer and your imperfections will be seen in broad and distinct contrast to... His, Jesus, perfect nature. Um, and I think this is really EG important. Dubs does it again. She does it again. Um, and I think this is important because I think a lot of times, and I think you mentioned it a couple of like lesson studies ago, that sometimes we look at God's messengers and we put them on pedestals, right? Mm. We end up glorifying the messenger instead of glorifying the message that they're oh, carrying. Yeah. And I think uh, Paul kind of implores us to do that to listen to the mission and to kind of put yourself to to be humble with it mm. so that God is glorified in whatever you do and especially because I I like YouTube and I like listening to pastors you know like when you're like cleaning or whatever you listen to like a sermon and there's one particular pastor that I I used to love so much because I loved how oh. he explained the who word of God I'm not gonna name drop I, but I feel like people are gonna know Steven. who I'm talking about who Stephen Furrick? No, it's not him. Um, But I I loved the way that he gave real life examples of the word of God or his metaphors or his analogies. I loved them. And I think a lot of young people also loved the way he preached the word of God because like out of nowhere, he just, everyone was talking about this guy and we were all listening to his um, sermons and etc. And now it's like he's really diluting his word and really bringing in kind of like worldly things in his message. Is it someone in our community of reach or is he famous? um, You know what? Tell me offline. I'll tell you offline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's so disappointing because I think, and this is something that I always pray for you and me as well with our podcast, that we don't 
we don't allow you know we regularly get feedback from people because I think me and Joe are always like oh who wants to listen to us <laughs> um, but we have to remember that this is actually not us this is a ministry and this is God's work so it, it's not about us it's about him and I always pray that 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 stays at the forefront of what we do mm. and even whoever's listening if you're in a ministry I pray that you know you say the same prayer that in everything that you do it's God that's glorified and not yourself um, and if you feel yourself kind of bigging yourself up a little bit uh, I pray that God knocks you down so that you stay mm. on that path same with me and you if I feel like me and you are bigging ourselves too much I pray God knocks us down just a notch you know just Remember why you're here, because I think it's so easy for the devil to see people who are working on God's ministry or for God's ministries and do that as a destruction, destruction, distraction um, to keep them from spreading the word of God. So, yeah, that's what I got from Wednesday's lesson about the church. You know what, Mish, it's so interesting that you say that because it reminds me of something I learned this week, right? Mm -hmm. I was studying... I believe it's somewhere in Romans. I'll have to let you know offline which scripture it is or I'll add it to the comments or description field. Mm -hmm. But basically it was saying when God blesses us, we get into a place of comfortability sometimes, right? Mm. Like, um, I don't know, for instance, yeah, we're doing well on a podcast and maybe we're just getting constant feedback saying, yeah, you guys, I like your, I like your podcast. Mm -hmm. Or you might just be, you know, you're constantly, you've got meals every day you're not going hungry mm. you know or you've got a bed to sleep in and you get comfortable and then after that comfortability you get into a point of a place of pride mm. okay and when you get into a place of pride you then get into a point where there is a wedge between you and Christ because you there is now a distance there because you now end up in a point where you're kind of self-reliant because you're no longer thinking wow. and this is this is in scripture somewhere I have to really really like look for it but it sometimes dangerous I guess mm -hmm. to reach a point of comfortability in your faith with Christ because you have to remember that God is not always going to make things easy for you and it's not always going to be um, when you get blessings from God basically don't take it for granted and don't don't let your pride or ego get in the way of that blessing almost mm -hmm. because if you continue to feed that um, that thinking that oh you know what I keep I getting blessed this. yeah mm. it's because obviously I'm doing a good job of this podcast mm. yeah I keep talking that good stuff mm. it's me it's me it's me no it's not you it's Christ and Christ alone oh that's it it's by God's grace that you're doing well he's given you the ability the tools the skill set the the knowledge so I think that's just something to be careful mm. when you're saying that so taking us into Wednesday's lesson Christ dwelling in your heart. I want to read Ephesians 3, 14 to 19, which says, and I invite everyone to open up their Bibles if they've got it to pull it up. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family on heaven and earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love, mm -hmm. and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge 
so you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. Isn't that a juicy... I feel like my mouth dried from reading all of that. It's just a juicy piece of scripture. Mm. I found... So one of the points I found quite interesting when I'm reading that scripture is it says that God loves imperfect families. Bruh. We have a tendency, we as humans, full stop, to love perfection. Not only do we like perfection, but we think we need to be perfect to come oh. to Christ. Because yes. how many times do you hear people like, oh, I don't want to get baptized now because I, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Like, yeah. Or have, yeah. Or have so many people come and say, oh, I can't go to church yet. Yeah. Because I'm working on myself. Yeah. Like, huh? Yeah. Mm. And you're right. We, we kind of strive to attain this sort of level of quote unquote perfection mm. because that's what we're fed in society. I guess that's what we look at. Yeah. And, you know, we just like perfection, even if it's like, I know Alex and I, right? Like if we, if we're about to eat a piece of, we went fruit picking recently, right? Oh, yeah, I saw your picture. Yeah. So strawberry cute. picking. And I, I just remember Alex like, well, I ain't picking that. Like that's that's looking like some moldy <laughs> strawberry or what? And it like he's very, you know, uh, that don't look good kind mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, not to call him out at all. And this is just a very shallow way of looking at perfection. But you know, we look at an external thing and we think, oh, I don't like the way that looks. But also when you get to, you know, you know when you get to know someone mm -hmm. and then you see their personality and, and then there's parts of their character that you're maybe not a fan of mm -hmm. maybe he's a bit arrogant or maybe she's she's a bit too shy i don't and know what it might be yeah you mm. get the ick. yeah exactly <laughs> i think basically getting the ick is um it just demonstrates quite clearly that we don't really have the we can't really tolerate mm. imperfection that well or mm. in our eyes what perfection is yeah so i thought that was crazy that it said there that god loves imperfect families because tell me right now, name a family that is perfect to you. Um, <laughs> I don't like that you put me on the spot like that. Sorry, um, though. Yeah, yeah. If you can, like, wh who was the family that came to your mind? No, I, I can't think of one. So if you can, I'd be very impressed. Like perfect in God's standards or in the world's standards? Just generally, if I ask you that question. The Carter family in the world's standard. Who? Like Beyonce and her man. Oh, okay. I knew you, I to be honest, I knew you was going to say that because for some reason, it came to my mind, though I don't think they're perfect, but for yeah, some I reason. I think it's because it's just the, the only family just... that I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I could use so as an example. I thought you were, were going to say the Obamas or something. Oh, I don't even know. The, yeah. But in any case, yeah, so, uh, you know, I can't think of a family that isn't imperfect. So mm. in my head, I'm like, okay, I don't know what family I would love then because, mm, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But God loves imperfect families and we we have to really just step back and just say, wow, like that is amazing mm. because I think we as humans have a difficulty in loving people that we don't really get along with or as I was saying earlier, that homophily mm -hmm. um, kind of, we're the same, you know? Mm. So therefore, it's easy for me to love you. Yeah. But that's what God is calling us to do is to love the difficult people to love, right? Mm, love wow. your neighbor. That's a lot, Jesus. That, <laughs> that is a lot. Um, so, and then another thing within that scripture in Ephesians 3, 14 to 19, 
Paul is basically asking God to grant his believers an abundant spiritual experience. Yeah. As it says in, let me pull it up again. In Ephesians 16, Paul specifically says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit. This this riches of his glory. You know, like I just love the word rich, isn't it? It's a very it's got very positive connotations in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The word rich. And so for me to experience his riches in full is just unreal. Yeah. And and when then Paul says the the breadth of it, the length of it, the height of height of it, the depth of it. Mm. It ain't just I think he wasn't just talking about a three-dimensional love, yeah? Mm, mm. He goes into 4D kind of movement. I don't know if you've ever seen... He's just trying to show you how, like... Yeah! mm. Like, have you... Like, I've seen a 3D movie. I'm sure you have too. You put on the glasses and it makes it come to life. But I don't know if you've ever seen a movie in 4D. No. Do you I've, have to wear glasses again? Yeah, you have to wear glasses again. But then you basically sit in seats that move. You got like, um, I don't know what they have, but they have something that blows wind on your face. Yeah, that don't sound like yeah. hard to enjoy. <laughs> well, in any case, it's like 4D. You now you don't just experience kind of one dimension, two dimension, three. You're now experiencing four because now mm. you've got wind in your face. Your, mo- your seat is moving. So if you're like, let's say you're in a fast speed car race, maybe mm-hmm. your, your seat will be moving in line with the what screen, with what wow. you're watching, right? Mm. And it just brings it more to life. And what Paul is asking God is for his believers to have that same 4D experience where oh, it's, you're, not just, you're not just viewing it. You're feeling it. Mm. And I just, I pray for each and every single one of us right now at this very moment, somehow that we are all able to experience that 4D love of Christ. Amen. And I think that nicely brings us to Thursday's topic. And, you know, it's it's funny because this is how you started this lesson and this is how we're going to end it, uh, which is glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. And Paul ends the chapter in a doxology. Do you know what a doxology no, is? No, I was about to ask you, what so is that? A doxology is, it's kind of like a, a, pray, a praise to God, like kind of like a, a song or a poetry that you'd sing in praises to God. So for example, at church, we, we would sing, you know, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise him above, mm-hmm. the moon, praise him. That, that's a doxology. What is that? Is that like exit praise music? Kind, well, you don't always sing it exit because I think exit is a benediction, which is... is it, okay, it's not an outro. It's not an outro because the outro is what you sing to each other. You know, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. But I think they're inter- interchangeable. I don't know whether some churches use a doxology oh, I see. at the end. But anyway, Paul ends us with a doxology um, in this. And I think Paul likes doing this a lot because we see he says it in like Romans eleven thirty three to 36. He says it in Romans 18, 25 to 27. And the message is always either the same or similar. He praises God and he talks about how immeasurable his wisdom, his knowledge, Mm. his love is for us. Um, And just to quickly finish it, I just want to read it once again. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. I love that. Yo. And I think it just it it 
well, when I was reading it, or whenever I read this, especially this verse, it gives me hope in who I believe in. Um, and I think that's exactly what Paul is. It, it, that's why he ends um, this letter to the Ephesians this way. Yeah, no, I, for me, that is one of my most like favorite, like all time scripture, right? Because one, it says now to him. Mm. It ain't later in a few days. It's now. Right now. It's right now God can do that for you, right? Mm. But what blows my mind in particular is when it says abundantly and immeasurably, yeah? Mm. Because I can think of a thousand things I would want. And like, let's say for you, for instance, Michelle, I... I pray that you get an Aston Martin truck. I pray that you get a mansion, you know, uh, on an island in Africa, if you will. Whatever, isn't it? Yeah. And that for me is like rich. That is a lot. That is abundantly like... More than I need. What am yeah. I going to do with Africa, girl? Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know, okay? But I'm saying that's abundance, yeah? I, and that is just like the top three things I could think of right now. I could, mm. Do you know what I mean? I can keep going and going, but... You're telling this this scripture is telling me what that God can do more than that. Mm. That blows my mind. And for me, I'm like, it almost like puts me back in my seat because I'm like, you know what? Let me not keep asking. Because there ain't nothing I could think of better than what God is thinking of for me at this moment. Oh, do you know what? You've just made me put a prayer down. I think now I'm going to pray that God gives me what he has already planned for me because I don't Amen. even know what it is. Yeah. But you know what it is. So mm. I'm asking you to give me what you have planned for me. I love that. So to nicely end this, I'm going to give us a challenge, which is really based on what we've uh, been studying. And your virtuous challenge this week is to think of what blessings from God uh, are especially valuable to you. And once you've thought of this, I want you to practice composing a prayer of praise, just like the doxology, um, in order to praise God. For what them. a lovely challenge. Yes. So thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning in. And, you know, as usual, we're going to keep uh, a text box just below the episode. So if you want to send us some encouragement or if you want to send us your testimony or if you just want to say hi, feel free to do that because, you know, we talk back.